Welcome back. It's an all gut episode of Fade the Shade. Episode 13 of Thoughts from the Shade. Strictly pick edition here. And just talking about them briefly before we hit record. Not a lot of preparation for this episode, folks. So it's going to be all from the gut. It's treated bomb well. Do you have anything you'd like to say to the people before we, we jump in, Bob? No, you know, Edwards Ron faced some criticism as of late. He said uh, he's responsible for the performance of the team. Um, and I'll echo that. I'm responsible for the picks. You know, like Coach O, I may not always be prepared, but I'll be responsible. So uh, it's worked so far, but we're ready to go on gut. It's that, it's that time of year. We're just going to bet. We're going to take teams. No analysis, nothing. Just go with it. Love it. Well, we got four college games, four NFL games. It's week six in college football. Bomb, you went two and three last week. I also went two and three last week. Uh, let's just bring the, the people up to date on the record situation. You are 15 and eight in college on the year. I'm sitting at nine and 14. A measly nine and fourteen. We we started to build back better, um, but it, it it took a halt last week. So we'll try to get back on track here in week six. Yeah, and unlike the president's build back better agenda, unfortunately your build back better agenda doesn't come with free cash. Nah, no free cash. It's been it's been going the other way. It's been free cash for uh, for the sports books, but we're looking to change that here. So we'll we'll, we'll jump right in. Uh, 12 o'clock on Saturday, we've got the number four Oklahoma Sooners take it on the Longhorns of Texas and Steve Sarkeesian, ranked 21st in the country at the Cotton Bowl. Now, this is uh, this is the Red River, Red River rivalry. Say that three times fast, if I'm not mistaken, right, Bob? Yeah, you got it. All right, I'm on it. I'm on it. Just checking. Got to stay, got to stay tapped into the Big Twelve here. Um, Oklahoma was favored by three and a half in the game. What's your, what's your gut telling you here? Hook them. Uh, I'm taking the Longhorns. I think they win, um, but I'm taking the points. And uh, I mean, you just look at the schedule. I mean, Oklahoma beat Kansas State by six. They beat West Virginia by three. They beat Nebraska by seven. None of those teams are. Contenders, uh, Texas has only lost to date, has been at Arkansas, a team that up through last week has showed itself to be a decent quality top 25 football team. So I'm taking the Longhorns. I'm taking the points, but I think they went outright. He's taking the points, but we're looking at an outright. Uh, I'm going to go with you here and take the Longhorns as well. Um, I know that Oklahoma had a had a solid win last week against Kansas State. Wasn't they won by six? Um, they put up more points than they have previously this year, but they also gave up some more. I know a lot of people um, out in the in the sports world were on Kansas State, and and that was kind of a hot pick. So Oklahoma skated through that one. Um, but I don't know. They're just they're just not that impressive thus far. And rivalry game, neutral site should should be a great spectacle. And like you said, Texas only has one loss to to uh, a pretty good team there in the SEC, and it was on the road. Um, I think they get up for this game and 
anything goes in rivalry games, trick plays. So should be a fun one. And I'm going to take the points with you here, the plus three and a half. Um, look, looking for a close game here. I'm, I'm not going outright, but I'm going to go with the Longhorns as well. Um, anything could happen here. So we'll, we'll see. Um, we'll move we'll, we'll move right along quickly here to, to 3.30. And we'll take a look at the Georgia Bulldogs off an absolute throttling of Arkansas last week with their backup quarterback. I don't know what the status of JT Daniels is for this Saturday, their starter, um, but they go to Auburn, the 18th-ranked Auburn Tigers, and Georgia's a 15-and-a-half-point favorite right now. Um, I looked at this line, and I believe we were – I know I was. I believe we both were on Arkansas last week at about 18-and-a-half, and I looked at this line after Georgia blew the doors off of Arkansas last week. And, and I thought it, it's a little bit low. Um, obviously seeing Auburn play with the Penn State game. And since then, they, they've struggled a little bit. Bo Nix was benched, um, had a little more time to, to sling chicken sandwiches, as you would like to say. But just something about this line, man. It, it, it has, me, has me saying every sucker in the world is going to be taking Georgia. Um, but Auburn can move the ball on offense a little bit, and their their defense is is no slouch. Um, but this is this is strictly a line pick. I'm going to take the 15 and a half with Auburn. Um, I, I think that the Georgia bus might just slow down a little bit on Saturday. Not enough to lose the game, but just not to to blow the doors off of the Tigers here. Yeah, I'm with you. It's a lot of points. It's a road game. I don't think Georgia's first-team defense has given up a touchdown yet this year. Uh, most points they've given up are 13 to South Carolina and 7 from UAB. Do I think Auburn can put up 20 points, 21 points, 24 points, somewhere in that range? I do. So I'm taking the points. I think Auburn's defense, defense keeps it within the number. And uh, – you got to remember this game's a Jordan Hare. It just seems like every year, every other year, every third year, something really crazy or funky happens in that stadium with Auburn involved. So wouldn't be shocked if something funny happens, but I'm taking the points and the, the Tigers. War damn Eagle. Our next game's in the SEC as well. Uh, Eight o'clock on CBS at Kyle Field. The Alabama Crimson Tide, number one team in the country go to take on the Aggies and Texas A&M team. A lot of people had high expectations for this year, uh, lost their starting quarterback in, I believe the second game of the season at Colorado. Um, Alabama is laying 17 and a half currently uh, going on the road to A&M bomb. What's your pick here? It's a lot of points. It's a road game. Um, you said it right. Starting quarterback out. Uh, I'm taking. I'm taking the tide. Um, Jimbo Fisher made some comments in the off season about Alabama and Texas A&M being ready to challenge them. Not this year. I think Saban puts his puts his foot on the throat of of the Aggies and sends the Twelves home with their little rally towels and their you know their stupid class rings. Um, send them home sad. Take take the tide. Yeah, I mean, I guess I should have just recorded this show by myself and had you text me your picks because we're on the same wavelength. 
I got the Tide. Um, they're they're off a pretty solid win against Old Miss, and that that was a pretty hyped up game. But from the looks of it, it was just kind of business as usual for Bama and Lane Kiffin and that kid Corral, the, the Old Miss quarterback. Um, you know, they they were pretty highly regarded, expected to put some points up last week, and yeah, they put up 21, but it it really wasn't a a, a factor in the game. Alabama's defense and D-line got home all day, gave that gave that quarterback at Ole Miss a bunch of trouble, and that kid was the odds-on favorite to win the Heisman before the game. So can only imagine what they're going to do to a backup quarterback uh, with A&M. And I think about what you said in terms of Jimbo kind of hyping this up in the offseason and even just, you know, the pundits and the media – had this as has it had this as a game of the year candidate uh, coming into the season. Obviously, hasn't shaped up to be that. A&M's off two straight losses: one to Arkansas, one to Mississippi State, who's kind of a middle of the road SEC team here. Um, I just I just don't see it. I think Bama's hitting their stride, and they they take care of business and cover the number uh, on Saturday night. So we'll we'll go to our fourth and final college game for for week six. Uh, a big one here, and I'm going to lower my camera so Bomb can see my shirt. I said earlier in the year I was slacking on gear. What a sucker. Well, I've got on the 2016 Big Ten Champs Penn State shirt. I'm honking out today, folks. The Penn State and Nittany Lions go to Iowa City, um, sitting at fourth in the country to take on the third-ranked Iowa Hawkeyes, who are off an absolute drubbing of, of Maryland. Penn State's off the shutout uh, at home against Indiana. At the moment, Iowa is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Game kicks off at 4 o'clock, little midday action, early evening. Kind of an optimal time slot for, for viewing on a Saturday um, on Fox. Bob, I'll, I'll go to you. You can give your pick first. Yeah, obviously a lot, a lot made of this game. Um, kind of a precursor to uh, a, a feeling on who's going to come out of the Big Ten. Although Ohio State's not involved in this game, Iowa's got a a pretty easy walk to the uh, conference title game if they keep things rolling here. Obviously, being in the in the West, but um, you know, I did a deep dive into their schedule. I was on Maryland last week against Iowa, and uh, that was a game that was marked by turnovers by Baby Tua. That guy stinks. He's a bum. He throws with the wrong arm. Um, but, I, you know, I looked at Iowa's schedule. Uh, you know, their big win that they hang their hat on was Iowa State. Iowa State stinks. They're 3-2. and two. They lost at Baylor. They beat Kansas 59-7. to seven. They beat UNLV 48-3, to three, and they beat UNI. Northern Iowa, a team that's only known for that guy whose last name I can't pronounce, hitting that three in March Madness. They beat them 16 to 10. So Iowa State stinks, right? That's Iowa's big win. Uh, I think Penn State wins. I think they win outright. I'm taking the Nits money line. Uh, the line stinks. It's at Iowa. You know, I think you can you can turn around and do the wave to the uh, to the children in the children's hospital. And then once you're done waving at them, you can wave down at the Iowa sideline because they're done. They're cooked. Penn State outright. Let's go, man. You know where I'm going here. 
I feel like I say this every time I pick Penn State that I'm ultra critical of them, and but but I got I got to ride ride with the squad right now. Um, as you said, I think the Friday night game uh, at Maryland saw a lot of stuff written that that was a statement game this week or this past week from Iowa. Um, I don't think so. Maryland's week, you, you mentioned the rest of their schedule. It's it's not great. Iowa State isn't uh, who we thought they were, and they haven't they haven't played a team with a defense like Penn State. Um, for all the crap I, I've given Penn State on, you know, red zone situations, fourth down decisions, um, there's been no questions about their defense thus far in the season. And Iowa's no prolific offense, um, so I think Penn State's defense will certainly keep them in the game, give them a shot. And they've I think they've forced nine t- turnovers through five games so far this year. Um, so looking for a big turnover or two uh, from the Penn State defense to, to give Clifford and the boys a short field. Um, and as far as Penn State offense goes, I mean, it hasn't hasn't been fireworks every week. But they're taking care of the football. Um, Clifford playing some of the best ball of his career, obviously. And I think you know, with, with all the chances the defense can give them, uh, they're, they're going to be right in it, and, and I think they get it done. I think Clifford's the better quarterback in this game. Penn State has better playmakers. Um, we haven't talked a ton on this podcast about Jahan Dotson, but, I mean, what a year he's having. Uh, supposedly Mel Kuyper's number one receiver for the 2022 NFL draft. Um, pretty impressive stuff from him so far this year. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be – a tough environment. I don't know if they're doing a blackout or a yellow out or a stripe out, um, but it should be a lot of fun to watch. Hopefully we'll have uh, Gus Johnson and Joel Clad on the call. That's We talk a, a little bit about broadcasting on this show. I think that's a, that's a surefire top-tier tandem uh, that they have on Fox that they should have calling this game. And I just think the Knits go in and the all-whites looking sharp and take care of the football, play strong defense, and and capitalize on maybe a turnover or some short fields. So I'm with you. We're, we're four for four together, and we'll be rooting hard for the Nets on Saturday. Glad to hear hear you're on our side this week, Bob. Are you taking them outright or with the points? You got to take them outright. We're going outright. I mean, one and a half, and we're there to win the game. Um, I'm going to take them outright with you. But, you said it. It's, it this is going to come down to uh... – Protecting the football, uh, getting the ball out, you know, no, no picks, no fumbles, nothing of that. If Penn State protects the football and plays the way they've played, they'll win this game going away. Yeah, I mean, I thought about it through the week. Um, I was going to cop out and take the under. The total in this game is 40 and a half, which if you're not really a big football fan or a Penn State or an Iowa fan, it's it, it might not be the most exciting game it's going to be going to be a lot of defense, probably a lot of punts, but you know, you just you just play to win the game. It doesn't matter. They don't ask how, they ask how many. And you just got to get more than the other team. So, that's what we're looking looking for Penn State to do on Saturday now that we've locked that selection in and but like you said, I think the path for the Big 10 championship still goes through Columbus um, as much as They've struggled early on and, and taken the loss. I don't know why. I, I still don't understand why that's been such like a big talking point that, that the the Big Ten's wide open because that they they didn't lose in the conference. So 
a little weird, but Penn State will still have to go to Columbus or Iowa will still have to play them in the Big Ten championship game regardless of, of who wins this game. But we're focused on Saturday and uh, we're on the nits. Yeah, and, and just, just to be clear, I mean, Penn State wins this game. They still have a gauntlet. I mean, they have a bye week coming up next week. Then they play Illinois at home. They go on the road the following week to play Ohio State. Then they're on the road the week after that, Maryland. Then Michigan comes to town the following week. Then a tough Rutgers team, followed by going to East Lansing to take on Sparty. So they, if, even if they win this game, they have they have a bye week, an open week coming up. And then it's just a, a murderer's row of, of top 15 teams with uh, a Maryland and a feisty Rutgers team sprinkled in. So... I don't understand that narrative where Ohio State's totally out of it either. Um, if, if they if, if they went out, they're in. Yeah, and I guess you could even make the argument that Michigan and Michigan State are, are in it. Um, I know we 100%. don't think yeah we don't think too highly of Michigan, but they're undefeated, and Michigan State's undefeated. And and that kid, I think his last name is Walker. I'd have to double check, but that running back on Michigan State is a hell of a player. Uh, they look like a tough out this year. So, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, three versus four in October, it looks um, ginormous, but there's there's still huge games with with a lot of implications to come, uh, depending on on how it shakes out for everybody else. So, it's uh, we we got a lot of football left, uh, as we've alluded to uh, on previous previous episodes here, but. Yeah, the, the one thing in, in relation to this Iowa game, too. Uh, didn't Iowa win last year? Yeah, I think Iowa beat Penn State uh, at Beaver Stadium last year. Yeah, and I think it was part of that, that 0-5 start, right? Um, somewhere in that in that start. So, you know, with the COVID year and guys coming back and, and you know, a returning quarterback at, at the controls there, I think this is a uh, – one of those situations where if you've ever played a sport, if you've ever played in, you know, in high school or, or in college and you, uh, and you have a game that's circled, you know, from a team that, that beat you the, the previous year, you know, that means something. So I think they go there and, uh, and get the job done. Yeah. Well, they, they've got a lot of games circled after, after that start last year. Maybe that's why they're five and oh this year, G. Yeah, baby. But I think, I think I saw something that they, they're the first team in a long time. I don't know what what the year dates back to, but first team in a, in a very long time to start last season zero and five and start five and zero this year. So I thought that was a cool little tidbit. But anything else on on the college slate for for the Saturday bomb? No, nothing for me. All right, well let's just keep moving. We'll take it over to the NFL on Sunday. NFL Week Five. We'll take a look back at week four. I hate to do it to Bomb because he had a hell of a week going 5-0 and on, on our podcast picks or, and, and our posted picks. Um, but he took the L on, on the bonus pick, the hate pick that I goaded him into. Um, I'll take it. Even, even though he, he has religiously said to, to bet against the Colts until you lose that bet. So that's off the table now, for now. We could come back. Yeah, that's all right. I mean... Like just just so everybody knows, we we may not pick the game every week, but it's an auto bet against Wentz. I mean, even this week, I don't think we're going to talk Colts or Ravens, but I will be taking the Ravens Monday night. 
Um, so we'll, we'll take the L there. It's no big deal. I'm, I'm happy to take the L. Um, so five and one last week. But I think what you're, you're up to 11 and 10, I believe. Yeah, three and three last week. Uh, two and three on our on our posted picks on the Instagram. Um, one and zero on the bonus pick on Thursday night with the Jags. That uh, almost fell through despite a fourteen zero lead at halftime. Um, a lot of questionable decisions from Urban Meyer uh, on and off the field. We'll we'll leave the off the field stuff for uh, when we stop the recording, but. I think it was late in the first half of that game. The Jags were up 14-0. They had fourth and goal at Cincinnati's one. And he ran some sort of gimmicky option, and Trevor Lawrence got stuffed. Just a terrible play call. And it, it just it just makes you think like how some of these coaches that have so much success in college just still aren't cut out for the pros. I thought that was that was kind of one of those moments where, where you really saw it. You don't have the better players anymore, right? You can recruit the best guys to Columbus. And, you know, in fairness to, to Urban, when he dialed up that play, he was probably thinking about going and picking up his quarter zip from the dry cleaners, that Ohio State, you know, quarter zip that we saw him rocking. I mean, how, how's this guy a pro coach and he's rocking his college gear? I mean, let's not even talk about what happened at the bar. What are you doing wearing your college gear? You should be wearing Jags gear. You're an employee. Yeah, it's not a good look. He's not the only... Only guy, only coach wearing, you know, clothing or, or apparel of, of other teams. You know, we got we got Sirianni rocking rocking the Flyers hat this week, getting ready for hockey season, and talking about the stern talk he had with the team about the penalties. So these guys, <laughs> these guys are all over the place. I feel like they just need to focus on one thing when you're when you're Sirianni and you're one and three, or you're Urban Meyer and you're you're zero and four. Um, just just put all your focus in, into your job right now, but. Yeah, just just to summarize, uh, Bob, you're at 14 and seven year to date in NFL. I'm at 11 and 10. A little more success here for me, but still not making any cash. But we'll look to change that uh, as we look at our four game slate for this weekend. Uh, it starts at one o'clock on Sunday. Um, the Green Bay Packers head to Cincinnati to take on Joe Burrow and the Bengals off the big comeback win uh, that I mentioned against. The Jags last Thursday night. Um, Packers are a three-point favorite. Bomb, what do you see happening here? Yeah, number feels right. Packers, after a you know obviously a clunker of a of a first game and opener against the Saints, have looked really really solid. Um, and the Bengals struggled against the Jags at, at home, but you got to factor in that little baby bye week that comes with playing that Thursday night game. I'm taking Burrow and the and the Bengals with uh, with the three, and uh, and we'll ride that to a W. All right. Well, I think I think I'm going to go the other way for the first time on this episode. Um, gut pick, but I watched um, Trevor Lawrence and, and the Jags kind of move the ball up and down the field on Cincinnati in the first half last Thursday night, and that's an 0-4 team and 0-4 offense. And this is a completely different animal for, for Cincinnati's defense to deal with, with Aaron Rodgers and Adams and Aaron Jones. Um, we know all about that. And I think Joe Mixon is nicked up for Cincinnati. Not sure if he's going to play. He's had, he's had a lot of success so far this year. Um, but, but if he's out, it's going to be really all on Joe Burrow. And I think Green Bay's got a pretty strong secondary. I think that's a tough matchup for them there. 
so I'm I'm going to roll with with Rodgers and Green Bay uh, and lay the three on that one. Next game on the card here, uh, we go to 425. We're going out west. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, off the loss to Seattle last week, go to Arizona to play Kyler Murray uh, and the Cardinals, the last undefeated team left in the NFL at 4-0. Uh, Cardinals are favored by 5.5. Another NFC West game here. Um, Bob, what do you got? Who's starting a QB for the 49ers? Do we have an idea? I think it's going to be Lance. It's going to be Lance? I believe so. And what's what's the number again? Five and a half? Arizona minus five and a half. Yeah, we'll, we'll lay those points. I mean, anytime there's a kid from North Dakota State playing, potentially playing a quarterback, you got to go the other way. Um, you know, these guys that come out from that fraudulent directional school um, where supposedly they're so bright they get 4.0s even though they major in phys ed. You know, they just can't cut it in, in the league. Um, I, I, I've seen enough of Trey Lance to know he's a gimmick guy. He's, uh, uh, you know, we'll use the term mental midget. Um, we'll, we'll say that uh, just because of where he went to college. I mean, they're not groomed to be guys that are able to go on the road, get the job done against a division-leading team. I like the Cardinals. I like them big. Lay the points. All right. Now now, now we've got some controversy um, with our picks. I'm going with San Francisco. I think this line, this line stinks a little bit. Obviously, you get the three for being the home team. And then aside from that, it's two and a half. And Arizona's off the big blowout win against the Rams. Uh, as we called, it was a letdown spot for Stafford and McVay uh, and the Rams there. But they, they won 37 to 20. They they shut that team down pretty hard and moved the ball on, on a strong defense there pretty well. Um, why why is this number so low? And again, it goes back uh, for me to these these NFC West divisional games. There's four good teams in that division. Uh, they beat up on each other. You never know who's who's going to win, uh, regardless of, of record or situation at the time. Uh, I don't think it's a significant drop-off between Jimmy G and Lance. I don't think there's a big difference for me there. So I'm going to take the 49ers. I think they're getting Elijah Mitchell back at running back, and they'll have Sermon there, so they'll have a nice two-headed attack there. And then, obviously, Debo Samuel's been going off. Um, they got Kittle and, and some other weapons there, and we can, we can maybe get, get back to another Shanahan stroke fest. Um, with, with Lance behind center full time, allow for some more creativity with his athleticism. Um, I just, I, I, this, this is a, this is a line pick for me in a divisional game. I'm going to take the points. So you're, you're going to put your hard earned cash, your hard earned paycheck on a quarterback from North Dakota state. Well, I don't follow him on Instagram, but I, but I haven't seen any any hunting promos, um, you know, any Amazon pumps, uh, softball games, anything like that out of Trey Lance yet. Um, so I, I'm I'm going to give him a chance. You know, we're all about second chances here, so I, I am going to give him give him the opportunity and back him on Sunday. Wow. 
We'll see what happens. Huge one on Sunday night. Uh, AFC Championship game rematch on Sunday night football. The Buffalo Bills uh, absolutely destroyed um, the depleted Houston Texans last week. They go to Arrowhead to take on Kansas City. Obviously off the win against the Eagles in week four. Um, Chiefs are minus two and a half. Um, not even laying the full field goal at home on Sunday night uh, in, a, in a crazed Arrowhead Stadium. Bob, what's your pick for Sunday night football? I, I really want to pick Buffalo, but you know, Tredavious Tr- White, one of their DBs, Jordan Poyer, Poyer uh, one of their safeties, you know, questionable. Um, I'm taking the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs edge above the 500 mark here and uh, and start making a run. Um, as much as I want to take Buffalo, I, I'm going to take take the Chiefs at Arrowhead. I'm with you. I don't have a ton ton of analysis to give here. I think it's I think it's just kind of a gut pick um, as we're going through the show here, but insane atmosphere and i just think back to the to the fc championship game and feel like josh allen was a little bit of a deer deer in the headlights in that game and i think uh i think the memories kind of come back and and haunt them here it's it's been an easy road i feel like the last few weeks for the bills um certainly last week was and i feel like it's only a matter of time before the Chiefs get things straightened out. There's just too much, um, too much variety on offense, and even Clyde Edwards-Helaire is getting going a little bit, which they didn't have in the first couple weeks. So, if Kansas City can run the ball and then get it on the outside to Hill or feed Kelsey, there's just so many options. And obviously, Mahomes can make all the throws and make the plays with his legs. I know Buffalo's defense has been good this year, um, but I don't think they've been, been tested in this capacity and the Chiefs have had success against them before um, under the lights in front of the home home faithful I think they get it done again on Sunday night yeah and Kansas City's coming off of the uh, the bye last week so um, <laughs> you know to be able to play what, what amounted to a preseason game on the road and then you know keep everybody healthy and come back and take take on the bills at home um, you know that's invaluable just a quick flight east for for a scrimmage and, and a cheesesteak, right? Yeah, maybe a little sightseeing. I got the cheesesteaks and maybe some of the Liberty Bell, um, City Hall, you know, Lincoln Financial Field. Quick W. Yeah. They basically took a stadium tour. There were no fans in it. Yeah, bad news. But speaking of Philadelphia, one and three, our Philadelphia Eagles – Go down south, take on Matt Rule's Carolina Panthers on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Um, Panthers are laying three and a half at home. And as a three and one team at home, laying three and a half against a one and three team, I like the Eagles this week. I just I just don't think Carolina is like a true, true three and one team right now. I mean, obviously that's their record, but in terms of where they sit in the standings and the, the, the caliber of team they are. I don't think they're they're an up, upper echelon team. And I, I kind of think, aside from, from big play Slay's antics on Sunday night after the debacle against Kansas City, I think the team kind of has a, has a solid mentality. 
uh, about continuing to work and behind the leadership of Jalen Hurts. And obviously Sirianni's been hard-pressed on the penalty situation. Um, it's one thing to say it. It's another to go out and do it. But it can't get any worse in, in that regard, in that area. So hopefully they clean that up a little bit. But um, Carolina's wins are over the Jets, uh, the Saints, and the Texans. And they put up some points against Dallas. Again, Dallas, not a great defense. Um, but they gave up 36 points. Obviously, Dallas has a great offense, um, but like I said, I, I don't think any of these wins on Carolina's schedule are that significant, and the Eagles are in the midst of a tough stretch. Um, playing San Francisco, that's a good team. Dallas is a good team. Kansas City is a good team. I think this is kind of kind of the last hope for the Eagles to, to kind of get on track and, and be, be somewhat competitive in the East uh, and stay relevant this season. I think if they lose this game, uh, the writing's on the wall, and, and they kind of just might lay down for the year, and it could get really ugly. But I think they rally on, on Sunday. I'm not going to go outright, but I think they play a solid game, and they cover a three and a half. Wow. I'm shocked. Yeah, I mean, it's just something's got to give at some point. I, I, I don't think – the personnel is is that terrible on the Eagles. Um, obviously, injuries on, on both lines. But if it was that significant, I feel like the number would be bigger. And I'm I'm just not I'm not sold on Carolina. And I, I think the Eagles got a little fight in them. I think Hurts continues to battle. They got Devontae Smith going last week. The tight ends are getting a lot of work, which they just need to, you know, feed off of those guys and continue to get them the ball and maybe try to run the ball more than two or 10 times a game. We'll see what happens. Yeah. My, my take is this, right? Carolina, obviously they're, they're three and one. They're lost last week against Dallas. They, they played really nobody up until that Cowboys game. Um, that said, they were the number one ranked defense coming into that game in the NFL. They were up 14, 13 at the half. They gave up 20 in the third quarter. They rallied back to make it close. Um, but really, you know, Carolina's defense got exposed quite a bit on the ground. Elliott, uh, Zeke ran for uh, about 150 yards. Dallas handed the ball off 20 times to him. I think Pollard ran for 70 yards. They gave up something like 250 yards on the ground. Um, and in the previous three games, they allowed about 150. So absolutely run over last week by the freight train that was the Dallas Cowboys on the ground. The reason why I'm taking the Carolina Panthers is because Nick Sirianni refuses to run the football. Um, and this is a revenge game here. Um, you know, people forget Matt Rule was the head coach of your hometown, Temple Owls. T for Temple U, University. And I'm sure he doesn't forget that Jeff Lurie charged his football program $1 to $2 million a year to play home games at Lincoln Financial Field. I think he gets the win. I think they cover the spread. Uh, I think the Eagles are on life support. I think Nick Sirianni's head coaching career could be on life support. I like the Panthers. I'm laying the points. And I'm going to bet a lot of money on the Carolina Panthers this Sunday. Wow. Yeah, it certainly feels like like the season's on life support. This 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 is certainly the last, last stand for the Birds to – 
you know, retain any relevancy in the in the league this season. But after reading off that 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 line from Dallas in the run game, I mean, if Sirianni does not get Sanders going and Gainwell going this week, I mean, are are there going to be riots at the Novacare Complex come Monday morning or or even Sunday night? <laughs> I mean, the people might be at the airport wait, waiting for him. There, there should be. If if they don't run the football on Sunday, there there should be. I mean, they've got two capable backs. I've been pretty impressed with what I've seen out of Gainwell, particularly uh, as a rookie through four games. So there's, there's no reason not to try. I understand the injuries on the O-line, but I think you'll get Lane Johnson back this week. I believe I heard he he was back at uh, Novacare uh, Tuesday or Wednesday this week. So, and his his situation wasn't wasn't injury related. So I would think you'd get him back. Um, so there's no reason to to not not try to pound the ball and you know take up a little top, give your defense a chance to to breathe and adjust on the sidelines because they haven't had that chance the last two weeks. So. This is this this is Sirianni's last stand. Uh, I feel like in the eyes of a lot of Eagles fans, especially us. Yeah, this is this is it. I mean, look at uh, look at who they have coming up. Yeah, they got Tampa Bay on Thursday night. After this, um, I believe Vegas is in there. Who's no slouch? Tampa um, at Vegas at Detroit. Chargers coming into town at Broncos. Saints coming into town. Then you kick off some more divisionally focused games with the Jets mixed in there. So, I mean, this is this is it. This is you got to win this game. You have to win this game. They're not going to win this game. Yeah, I felt like the Dallas game was kind of a must win, uh, even though they were one and one, and their loss was to San Fran, who's not a bad team. But that felt like a must win, and. That was one of the worst performances I've seen by an Eagles team in a long time. So hopefully they don't fall flat on Sunday, but it hasn't been pretty thus far. It, it wouldn't surprise me if they laid down and tucked their tails and got rolled on, but I got the birds, man. I got the birds. One last crack at faith in this season. We'll see what happens. At what point does Sirianni wear a commemorative T-shirt um, about the season, right? Because he he wore he wore some stuff with Brandon Graham going down for the year and some other guys to uh, you know to commemorate. I mean, what point do you just put? Do you say this season's over? Print the T-shirt, wear the T-shirt, sell the T-shirt. If they if they lose, do they, are they done? What do you think? Is this must win? You think this is must this must win? Yeah, it's a must win. I mean, he's got the he's got the 55 on the visor for Brandon Graham. I think he's got the 56 on there now for Sam Milo. If they lose this game, print it out in that Eagles font and put the 2021 on the visor uh, up there with the eight pens on his head and just, just call it a year. Um, maybe, I don't know, commemorate the, the, draft, the draft position that they're going to have because – that's all they'll be able to celebrate uh, if if they lose this game. Yeah, well, it looks like he's already on to the flyer season. He's rocking the hat, so maybe he's uh, maybe he sees the writing on the wall. 
Yeah, he must. He must. And we get, the Flyers are around the corner. Opening games next Friday night at home against the Vancouver Canucks. Um, we can we can dive into that a little bit. Take a look at that that reconstructed roster that's already looking depleted by one injury to Kevin Hayes. Uh, curious to see how that year starts, but we'll keep it on the gridiron for now and see how our picks make out this weekend. I mean, do you have anything else? You want to you want to uh, leave us with Bob? I'm not going to go on the record for this pick, but everybody just remember to tune in Monday night. Uh, Indianapolis going to Baltimore. They're a fraudulent franchise. They have a fraud at quarterback. You got Ursay coming back to Baltimore, where he left like a little bitch in the middle of the night. His family left, they packed it up, and they left for Indianapolis. They left for the farms, just like the guy under center in the middle of the night. He didn't say a word. He just left the city of Philadelphia. He needs to go out and live two and a half hours from his wife's family. Well, he's, guess what? He's coming back east to uh, a blue-collar city, a crime-riddled city, just like Philadelphia, really, Baltimore, and I hope they shove it right up as you know what. So let, let's go Ravens. Let's go Lamar. Let's go Harbaugh. Can we get another record? Can we run the ball for another 100 yards right down their throats? Let's go Ravens. Yeah, I mean, if, if Harbaugh is going for, for another record in, in garbage time, you, you won't see Wentz, you know, walking onto the field out of the, uh, you know, the enclosed area for players and coaches will probably be sitting on the bench or, or kneeling with some rosary beads in his hand, getting ready to thank God in the post-game presser that, that, he, that he got to play another game. But I'm actually excited to watch that one because I haven't seen the Colts play this year um, with the TV situation and being that we're on the East Coast. So I'll definitely be tuning in. Um, and then we got, we got the NFL in London on, on Sunday. We got a 9.30 kickoff. They send over the two worst teams in, in the NFL, probably the Jags, or is, I think it's the Jets. It's the Jets. Jets-Falcons. The Jets in Atlanta at 9.30. And when I first saw the commercial, I was kind of like, oh, well, that sucks. But I'm sure I'll be up drinking coffee, watching it, placing a wager, and wasting four hours on my Sunday morning. But the NFL knows what they're doing. And they're, they're not they're not wasting, uh, wasting any one, four eight or Monday night time slots on, on those two teams and they're still getting the the viewers. So I guess you got you gotta commend that 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 strategy there at least. Yeah, not not that we're gonna pick the game, but you know, anytime a Mormon goes overseas, you always bet on the Mormon, right? They, they know how to travel, they know about the mission. So uh not that I'm calling it a bonus pick, but you know, I do like Zach Wilson going overseas and, and Converting some hearts and minds to becoming Jets fans. All right. Well, if you're up having coffee and not getting out Sunday morning doing anything, running errands, playing golf, picking pumpkins, Halloween's around the corner, um, you've got a little intel from Bomb. But I think that's all we got. And by the way, you know, you mentioned picking pumpkins. Um, Pumpkin picking season is upon us. Normally, it is totally fraudulent to spend your weekends picking pumpkins. Uh, 
in a regular season with Doug Peterson and uh, a competent defensive coordinator, I'd say never, ever do it on a Sunday. And the perfect time to pick pumpkins would be, you know, next weekend, right? With Tampa Bay coming to town on Thursday night, you take your Sunday, you pick your pumpkins. But I say, wait, don't pick pumpkins that Sunday. Wait until the Eagles play. Pick your pumpkins during the game. They stink. Don't waste your time. They're awful. They're terrible. You have my blessing to pick pumpkins in the middle of an Eagle game this year. It is a sad, sad state of Philadelphia Eagles football if you're going on the record saying it's okay to pick, pick pumpkins during the Eagles game. That says That's all where we're at. It says all you need to know about, about this team and the state of this franchise, but Until next week, I think that's all we'll leave you with, folks. And as always, thank you for listening. Enjoy your weekends. Enjoy the football. And we will be back next week to talk about it. We'll uh, we'll give it to you then. So, as always, be good.